Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I am your host, Ajit. In today's episode, I have two guests joining me for the first time from the Cricket Blog Podcast. Hi, Nash. Hi, Sharbal. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ajit. How are Hi, you? Ajit. I'm doing steady. Thank you for uh, sparing some time uh, for me. I know there are some time differences, but uh, might be closer to the end of the day for you guys. It's my lunch break here. So thanks for joining. I think, I think uh, cricket brings us closer. Perfect. It does. So, I'm always very happy to have people from uh, Australia on the podcast. I get some very interesting views. Also, I love the Australian <laughs> sense of humor. So always uh, happy to have <laughs> some friends from Australia on the podcast. Yeah. So before we get on the games and so on, maybe a short introduction. Nash, how did you get into this? Well, in short, my life has been consumed by cricket. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, started playing when I was seven. Uh, had the privilege of playing um, at a good level, um, you know, age group, state cricket, national cricket. So um really happy with that. And then I got interested in the business side of things, uh, business, you know, sports business. And that's how I ended up in Australia back in 2014 to study at uni. I studied sports management and that gave me a you know great understanding of how things are done in the back end. Um, and then been in sports ever since, had the privilege of working in cricket uh, for the last six years, working in sports management now in Melbourne and then, I messaged Shabel two years back on Twitter, I think three years back now, uh, during COVID. And, you know, I loved his sensible takes on the internet, which are very rare uh, in today's day and age. <laughs> um, and and I, I wanted to do a podcast forever. So he seemed like a perfect partner to, you know, start and 
that's how that's how we are here. Very kind of you. Very kind of you, Nash. Um, yeah, so my life has also been consumed by cricket. Mm. Um, I started playing probably a little bit later than Nash did, around nine, nine years of age, ten years of age. But cricket was a massive part of our family. Backyard cricket at my grandmother's place right throughout our teen years. Um, they'll always hold a special place in my heart and then and the heart of all my cousins and uh, and also played on the weekends, uh, every weekend in summer, right throughout my teenage years and also uh, into the early 20s. Uh, but unfortunately, injuries got the better of me. Uh, torn hamstring, um, stress fracture in the foot, you name it, oh. some some bad ones. <laughs> some bad ones. And uh, so then, you know, I had, had to give it up and um, but but stayed involved in the game by creating, you know, Cryplog and uh, starting the website. Uh, sharing my views on Twitter, not always sensible, as Nash said. <laughs> mm. uh, you know, um, enjoy the banter, enjoy engaging with fans from around the world, and uh, yeah, enjoy this uh, the podcast that that we do as well. So, yeah, just love the game and want to stay involved with it. Wonderful, wonderful to hear. So, let's see if we can uh, first start off with uh, the West Indies uh, England ODIs that happened. So, were you guys following this series? Yeah, I was following bits and pieces of it. Um, it was on uh, during during the night uh, here, so it was mm. was gladly watching the highlights um, and to see England struggle again <laughs> as an Australian was always was always fun. Uh, just just maybe similar sort of problems that England was were going through in the World Cup. It seemed like a di- different set of players, but uh, uh, I don't know, you know, now whether they they'll stick with Josh Butler as a, as the captain going forward. Um, I don't know if he is the leader that they need in this transition phase in their one-day cricket um, because <laughs> it seems to me with, with England that they always seem to struggle in the West Indies <laughs> across formats. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's like the West Indies are struggling, but when England come to town, they turn into prime West Indies. So it was nice to see the Windies um, in all seriousness do well and that that's something that um, you know give them a bit of joy in what's been a tough year. Absolutely. So, Nash, um, you know, with the second ODI, England made a comeback. Their bowlers mm, were yes. banned in the first ODI, but, you know, they came to the party in the second ODI. And uh, the same people who were very, very mediocre, uh, Sam Curran took a 3-4. Bryden Cars remained costly, couldn't take a wicket, but Gazatkinson did well. He took two. Yeah. But then Rehan Ahmed and Liam Livingston, the spinner, stepped up took a couple of wickets mm. each and more. So that meant, you know, West Indies could not make more than 202. And then England chased it down with some some amount of ease. Will Jacks making a useful 70. Harry Brook and Josh Butler finally coming to the party, finishing it mm. off. I mean, that would, you know, sort of set up the series one all, right? So, but did they look convincing enough still? Look, I think I did. And, you know, like Shabel, I did manage to catch some highlights of the game and also the, the end part of that, of that game as well. Mm. Um, mm. And... Honestly, I think in the last two months, England have things have gone from you know just bad to worse for England, and mm. I honestly don't think Butler is the guy to lead them into the twenty twenty seven World Cup, and it's the classic English arrogance. I'm putting some harsh words out there, but I, I, I think right, it's the classic, on. classic English arrogance that's you know let's just stick with the, this bunch of players and see what let's see what happens no we are always right kind of thing but mm-hmm. i think they do have some talent out there you know will jacks um obviously harry brook uh, you know he's going to be a magnificent white ball player 
Uh, and he, as you rightly pointed out, the bowlers did step up in the second game. The first game, Sam Curran got absolutely tonked around the park for like 100 runs, almost 100 runs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and there have been flashes of that in the past two months, but sure. no one has really binded together performances for a consistent period of time. And that has hurt England. In the, you know, even in the World Cup, we saw that. And and when when it comes to the Caribbean, when it comes to the West Indies, the spinners always have to come to the party um, with the mm. kind of pitches that are put up. You know, Ahmed is a talented uh, leg spinner. You know, we we all saw Shane Warne praising heaps of you know um, uh, praises on on Rehan Ahmed. And mm-hmm. also Liam Livingstone with his sort of tweakers, off spinners to the left-handers, leg spinners to the right-handers kind of bowler. Um, both of them good, good, of, good on them to to step up in the second ODI. But I think it was it was both the teams were below par in that second ODI, and I think it it did set up the series perfectly for that third one. Well, coming to the third one, really, I mean, again, the same old story. If you are a English supporter, because um, you know. Um, they batted first. It was a stop-start sort of a situation, rain intervening yeah. and so on. It was 43, then 40. But then they were already in trouble at, you know, 5 or 50 almost. It could have been, you know, 80 all out or whatever. A little mm. bit of a rescue act, Ben Duckett and then Liam Livingston. So, and the tail chipping in towards the end. And again, they mm. could have collapsed to 160, but the tail mm. continued pumping and putting them up. But then 40 overs, 206 in a stop and start game. You think it should be okay enough uh, first of all, uh, Matthew Ford, debutant for West Indies, took a 3-4. Uh, Romario Shepard took the new ball ahead of Alzari Joseph, which was, uh, well, a calculated move, looks like. Joseph was costly, but he took another three wickets. Spinners, mm. parsimonious, so did they did enough. And then when it came to the chase, well, maybe uh, one of you maybe were, was able to catch it live, or was it still at a very odd time for you guys? I was following this uh, on the live commentary as I was doing some work. Mm. Um mm. But uh, yeah, I, look again. England's um, lower orders, I think, testament to their depth. They they often bat deep in in one day cricket and T Twenty cricket. That that's one of their key strengths. Uh, but that, as I said before, they desperately need Josh Butler with the bat to fire consistently. It has not been the same. Mm. Uh, maybe the leadership is probably weighing down on him. But I guess that's a conversation for another day. I thought. Um, from the West Indies perspective, I thought, you know, Romario Shepard, he had a blinder of a series. Um, and I've always believed he's an all-rounder that can offer real value in white ball cricket. There's something about him. He's a wicket-taker with the ball and can hit a heavy ball with the bat. So, mm-hmm. great to see him do well. He played two crunch innings in this series, in both the wins for the West Indies in run chases. Mm-hmm. And he was in the wickets as well. So, that's yep. positive to see. He could be a very important player for them in that um, World Cup later in the year, the T20s. So... Yeah, I mean, as I said before, nice to see the Windies have a, a good moment. Uh, it's right. been a rough year for rough year for them. I mean, he stepped up, so did yeah. um, you know? A little bit of work from uh, Casey Carty and Ali Katanazi. Ali Katanazi was uh, quite steady mm. through the series, but then you, yep. when you look at it from a West Indies perspective, you get a good feeling here. The bowling came to the party. The batsmen stepped up the lower order. Uh, only I was a little bit disappointed. Somebody like Hetmeyer couldn't make more runs. Brandon King, not yeah. much. Sharfin Rutherford, it was sort of an abortive experiment, if you ask me. <laughs> he didn't look like he wanted to be there for more than 10 balls. I don't know what he was <laughs> thinking. Um, he just hit straight to long off and was out twice in the three games. So something they'll not they'll need to revisit probably. But 
they had a few new um, additions west indies but so did england will jacks did well in the third uh, odi with the ball uh, matthew potts was brought in Bryden Cars was uh, left out because he was very costly. Rahman, Rahan Ahmed, I thought was the takeaway for me from the series. He was really impressive. Yeah. Absolutely, I think um, you know I'm I'm as a as a fellow leg spinner. I love when leg spinners do well, mm-hmm. um, and you know well, speaking as to you a rightly, kindred spirit as well. <laughs> as he, as right. you rightly pointed out, Rahan Ahmed did did well, and he is the one to look out for. um for england i think in all three formats to be honest um mm-hmm. you know he hasn't played a lot a lot of all three formats but i think as as time goes on as you know um england goes on more tours we will see more of rayan ahmed come up come to the party and mm-hmm. and i think the third one day perfectly summed up what i was saying earlier about england not being consistent because we saw you know for example harry brooks step up in the second game uh with a good 40 he was nowhere to be seen in the third one day again and and that's the kind of thing that has happened for england time and again and and west indies romario shepherd i think played an absolute blind i was lucky to be able to get a glimpse of that at the uh, the last two overs of the of the game mm-hmm. and the way he was hitting i think it's it's uh, it's pure strength and power that he i think he took Gus Atkinson apart, right? Some yes, 20, he did. He did. I yeah. just switched on to catch that. I was lucky enough to catch that over, and then the finish of the game. Yeah. So very well done. You're right. He won two games by himself, right? Literally, that's uh, in this series. So mm. now, just to quickly, you know, look at there is a change of personnel. People like Harry Brook, Ben Duckett, Zach Crawley failed, but I think he might still be a part of the picture. Will Jacks really did well for himself. Some of the more at you know tried and true professionals liam livingston could have done more we thought butler definitely in a, in a dip in a little bit of a funk with his batting form but butler the skipper i think he was given this series simply because it's a continuation from the world cup but also this is the last odi they play for a year or so from what mm. right mm. so they had to give him the incumbent a chance because by the next time the series a one day series comes around who knows what Butler might even be doing whether he'll still be available for days. We don't know. So, I think they gave him this chance to sort of one restate his credentials to see if he's the guy to take them forward. But now, if you were to quickly have a chat about who else do you think can lead England's ODI squad and maybe oh. even lifted our squads oh. forward? Oh, geez, that's a good question. I I haven't thought that far ahead. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, Zach Crawley. Yeah. Maybe uh, they tried possibly. him out does in the ODI series. Does he have uh, captaincy credentials, Zach? Yeah, yeah, they tried him out in a series against Ireland while the World Cup uh, team yes. was sort of preparing. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. But I think, that. I think, I think one thing I'll point out is, given his future, I don't think Zach Crawley fits that bill yet. I think mm-hmm. Harry Brook, we, you know, they, England might just go out of the. book all together and just give it to harry brook and you know because for me i think harry brook has a longer career than zach crawley by the time we reach 2027 harry brook would have had some good experience under his belt in all all yeah, formats and possibly. and and you know we are talking about odis but there's a lot to learn from all the other formats he'll be playing as well yeah. you know yeah uh, he'll be playing yeah. the test under ben stokes and 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 there's a lot to learn there as well so 2027 is going to be key for all teams i think and and harry brook is uh, personally i think harry brook would be a good option for them all right not a bad shout not a bad shout it would be interesting to see um you know 
if that elevates his game further, even in one day cricket. Exactly. You know, this series might have been might have been a good time to try it. I know it's soon after the World Cup, but it's just a three match series soon after a tournament. It's it's worth experimenting. That would have might have been handy to try. I think, as I said, they just gave him a chance, Butler. Yeah. Here you go, and then next time around, Fair uh, it'll be somebody else. I expect. Um, see, he also won a World Cup only in 2022, right? So you don't want to simply uh, say nothing uh, for him. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. All right, we'll see. Mm, but yeah, there'll be a lot of water under the bridge between now and when England play another mm. LOI mm. and uh, ODI series. So we'll see how that goes. So from West Indies perspective, we missed them during the World Cup period. Now they're back. And well, they won a series for the first time against England since 1998, a limited overs international ODI series at least. So that's a good credentials start if you're thinking for the new management. Darren Sami is the coach, taken over as a coach I'm in the background. Good start for him. Definitely. Um, and, and as I said before, such a breath of fresh air to see the Windies do well. And um, yeah, look, I don't know what it's going to mean for them in the near future and, and, and looking further ahead, but but for now they can enjoy it and, and try build on it and let it be a, a, a reminder of what they are capable of. Um, they've got some good spinners in that lineup. I think Moti is a very good, good spinner. Uh, and they might be handy in those conditions in the World Cup later this year. And and Sammy's got an ex- got experience as captain winning those, and mm, he might mm. really impart, impart that wisdom and that knowledge going forward. And let this be the catalyst of something special over the next few months, hopefully for their sake. Indeed. They've got they've got to build on this. It's what they do next. I think that's really important from a Windy's perspective. Absolutely, and I think uh, hope the skipper looks set. He has a good bunch of people around him. Yep. Ali Kadinazi. Yeah. Casey Carty looks okay. Um, Shimran Hetmeyer might come into his own. Romario Shepard will be his right-hand man. Alzari Joseph is his vice-captain. And on his day, Alzari Joseph, you know, can run through squads. He's sort of working through a few things, surely. So he has a good set of people. You're right. Four or five good players around him. Shai Hope himself. So, you know, they they have enough promise. But yeah, they'll have to secure some uh, tournament entries. They're not going to play the Champions Trophy in 2025. They didn't play the World Cup this year. So they'll mm. have to make sure every opportunity they, they get, they can convert and make sure they come up in the standing so that that sort of a thing doesn't happen to them. That'll be the main focus. But before we go away from England, they also announced a squad to India a bit early, earlier than India would probably. So they're coming to India around end of Jan, the test squad, led by Ben Stokes. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it. I yes. did, yep. So let's say and, thoughts... Um... Yeah, yeah there is also nice. they they have also picked a, a debutant spinner. That means mm-hmm. Virat Kohli is going yep. to get out that bowler. <laughs> <laughs> I see. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's just something about Indian legendary batsmen getting out to getting out to debutant spinners and debutant bowlers. So, uh, hmm. yep. well, giving them uh, but, a good but, start, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And the, how it happened to Todd Murphy as well earlier in the year. Um, no, but I think overall. There's not many surprises other other than Shoaib Bashir, who's the yeah. young um, off spinner that we have been we, we just spoke about. Overall, I think it's it looks a very settled side. What they do with it in India, with the with the new style of play, it's going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's uh, very. Especially with James Anderson and Jack Leach and um, Ollie Robinson, these are experienced bowlers. Um, how does Mark Wood come into that? 
Uh, mm. It's going to be really interesting whether Mark would, and obviously I don't think Mark would will play all the five tests um, given mm. the workload. But I think how they rotate their ballers and how they play, because you can't have, uh, you know, you can't just throw Gus, Gus Atkinson into the mix first, you know, have his tour of India and, and just say to him, you know, here you go, try something. Um, mm. It's going to be a really tasking tour for England. Um, and I'm calling it an early prediction, but I think it's going to be 4-0 to Australia. Oh, sorry, to India. All right. 4-0. Okay. Big, big number. They have a good spin contingent. Thoughts on this, Sharbel? Well, I think Jack Leach is, is perfect for Indian conditions. And he, he was pretty good on the last tour. Um, he's, he keeps it simple. And that's the key in those conditions where uh, you both stump to stump. Uh, to the right-handers in particular. You either get the ball to spin away sharply or get that one to slide on. It's a nightmare to face. He keeps it really simple. His accuracy is important. Most importantly, Ben Stokes really backs him and encourages him and keeps the field up for him. And, mm. um, you know, yeah. and I think Jack Leach has had a new lease of life under this regime. Mm. Uh, and I think they've got a, a couple of good attacking options in there. I think Rahan Ahmed won't be there to uh, keep the runs down, but he'll be there to, to try pick up some wickets. India might That's look to one. go after him, the, the wrist spin option. Um, mm-hmm. And a couple of the, the inexperienced guys there as well. Um, but yeah, as Nash said, it'll be fascinating to see what the makeup of their attack is. Mark Wood could be brought in, you know, to, to try to take advantage of any reverse swing that may be on offer in dry, abrasive conditions. That's another point of difference. So I think England with this squad are going to try look um, outside the box a little bit and try uh, a few unorthodox things to... Uh, to try rattle India if they can, you know, with their attacking style of play and the different bowlers they've got available. I think yeah. uh, Jack Leach is going to have some respite given that Rishabh Pant is not going to play. Um, <laughs> that'll help. <laughs> yeah, that'll yeah. definitely help. All right. See, uh, for me, the question is, they played well in Pakistan with their thought process with the air quotes bash ball, bass ball approach. So mm-hmm. when they come to India with this similar sort of a side. They have Tom Hartley and I expect Shoaib Bashir, the new spinner, to be sort of a holding spinner if possible, if he can. So yep. what I'm told is he's a bit raw, right? And yes. uh, whether he can find the consistency, what you said, keep it there or thereabouts, that's, let the pitch and the vagaries of the conditions That's, that's the big question. That's the big right. question. He's played, I think, what, six first-class games, if my memory serves me right. So he's still yeah. very raw, 20 years of age. Um, yeah. It's about consistency in those conditions against those players. The pitch will often do the work for you, but it's your role to ask questions all the time and keep it consistent. I think that's where I was impressed last year, with uh, earlier this year rather, with Todd Murphy for Australia. He's he's inexperienced, but he came in and was very consistent uh, in Indian conditions. And just more often than not, let the surface do the work for him, get those balls either going straight on or get a little bit of spin. I think that's what Shad Lashi needs to focus on. His preparation ahead of the series is going to be vital. That's a huge leap of faith from the selectors to pick him for this tour. Um, and how they manage him throughout the tour will be very interesting as well. But, um, yeah, as I said, you know, out of the box, I think, England. And and how their batting is going to cope. It's not Pakistan conditions. Um, yeah. and, and the Indian spinners are certainly more advanced and uh, of a higher standard and quality than what they faced. Uh, with all due respect, Ashwin, mm. Ashwin and Jadeja and these guys, they're on a different planet. So whether this attacking basketball approach is going to work in those conditions, I, I can't wait to see uh, how it goes. And right. I think, Ajit, 
I think we also have to keep in mind the the kind of pitches that the management asks for. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, me and Shabel have numerously spoken on if if the Indian management asks for like a rank turner, I think that brings the opposition into the game rather than take them out. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I think we have, and that's happened in the last two, three years that we have seen, you know, um, from this team management. But I think if they go back to that 2016 to 2019 phase um, and those pitches where, you know, you had everyone into the game. And I'm, a, you know, I, I'm a big advocate for what, just play on whatever you've got. That's fine. But mm-hmm. just make sure you also keep in mind what your strengths are and I, think, and I think having the Indian batting lineup that India has I think they have to play into their hands as well right just think about the last two test matches Australia have won in India Pune 2017 and then indoor earlier this year they were ranked turners so really brought Nathan Lyon into the contest Kuniman on this occasion Steve O'Keefe back six years ago so those ranked turners, you've got to be, as Nash said, very wary of producing those. And rather, you know, your typical subcontinent surface, they'll be good enough to win those games and, and win the series. Yeah, something to look forward to, right? It's the end of Jan, mm, um, yeah. mid of Indian season. So something always we are looking forward to. So let's see how that shapes up. Before we go away uh, from the whole, you know, Indian season sort of thing, um, India are um, in South Africa and they are... Um, Sort of the first T20 uh, I got rained out, of course. But uh, in theory, their tour has not yet begun. So if you were to look at the India squads, the T20 and the ODA and the test squads, any thoughts, gents, first of all, how would India do? And let's go from there. Go on, Ash. That's your team. Um, <laughs> look, I think, <laughs> to be honest, uh, with the T20 squad, I think it's a, it's a good good time it's a perfect time actually to get their balance right mm-hmm. and i think these are before this tour before the south africa tour we only had like six i think six t20 internationals to go before the t20 world cup um these three and the three against afghanistan in i think february or january early january and and obviously one is gone now due to due to the rain so we have five left and in those five t20 internationals we have to get our combinations, right? You know, who's going to play number four, who's going to open, who's going to play number three, who's the finisher. And and by the looks of it, I think uh, more and more as, as we progress, I think Rinko Singh and, and Jitesh Sharma are finalizing their spots as in that finisher spot, number six, number seven. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm super keen to see them, how they, how they go in that spot. They've done superbly well so far in, in the recently concluded Australia series as well. And with the opening, I think it, it has to be Yashashvi Jaiswal and uh, Shubman Gill. Mm-hmm. If, if at all Virat Kohli um, plays the T20, I think I've always maintained that he has to open in T20 internationals. That has never happened. But anyway, coming back to the South Africa, South Africa series, I think it's obviously Jaiswal and... Um, Shubman Gill uh, to open. I think the, the the two T20s that are remaining, I would say maybe 1-1 one, one in, in each team's favor. But I think I saw something earlier that it's raining at the moment at the at, at the stadium. Uh-huh. Um, so we, we might not even get a game at all. <laughs> even the second one might be, be washed off. Yeah, okay. it, it's going to be interesting. We've gone to South Africa to watch rainfall. No. Yeah. 
<laughs> you got sick of seeing it at home why not go there yeah okay so you know um from the squad's perspective i think this is a very fresh squad india are bringing in yeah. quite a lot of new names there from the odi squad perspective i see some names uh, which i th- i like very much people like uh, Raj- rajat patidar is back sanju samson has gotten a chance sai sudarshan is there this this mm. is again sort of a learning squad that they have sent under rahul some of the big names from the top order obvious ones are missing and in the odi squad aksar patel gets a go in the t20 squad jadeja had a go or will get a go hopefully mm. but then in the spin segment you also have kuldeep yadav yashwendra chahal and again arshdeep singh avesh and deepak chahar will be leading the pace attack mukesh kumar will mm. be there so i like what they see or what they have uh, you know put up here washington sundar comes back tilak varma because he can also bowl some spin right he's he's in the mix i think these people are sort of the people who are setting themselves up as the next set of the you know team when people the big big wigs go away you'll have ayer rahul you know ashashvi jaiswal rutraj gaikwad rajat patidar tilak varma pant will come back ishan is here so this is more or less the squad that i see taking india forward in all formats right so hmm. they are getting a real um, real audition sort of in foreign conditions to show what they can do but when it comes to the tests we have a more predictable lineup rutraj gaikwad is the backup batter ashashvi jaiswal will take his place shubman gill right number 3 and then spinners you'll have uh, ashwin and jadeja fast bowlers yep. the full contingent is here bomra shami siraj mukesh and shardul to back them up so uh, do you think this test squad will be able to finally win a series for india in south africa certainly capable they should have done it last time mm. um yeah. I, i i don't see maybe i don't know i mean having that really solid rock in the top 3 uh you know Jaiswal and Angela typically you know, more flamboyant player no Jaiswal played a very patient uh, innings in the West Indies next year but how they fight through difficult periods is going to be a test for them mm-hmm. uh, and set things up for that middle order set up a really good platform but India have the ingredients they got the pace attack against uh you know what we've seen is to be quite fragile South African batting lineup in test cricket the last few years mm mm-hmm. uh You know, two test matches this is a wonderful opportunity for you guys to uh, finally win a series down there it mm. really is that's yeah. a good one i think they uh, let uh, go last time they dropped the ball right so yeah, they did <laughs> so they'll be yep. they'll be sort of thinking yeah we shouldn't be doing that again so yep. let's see how that goes uh, mm. also from uh, many of these players perspective it's a last hurrah really rohit sharma virat yep. kohli potentially a last chance to win a series in south africa ever a test series shami potentially the same right so they'll want to make their mark of definitely for the spinners though both of them might not start right so depending on the pitch so with all of this in mind i think they'll want to put their um so to say stamp on the series these big names yep. and walk away from south africa for one last time with a series win so it's it's going to be interesting how these things turn out but uh, from an indian perspective they'll want to walk away with some runs uh, with some you know results in their favor now if you were to look at the south africa squad again pretty experimental when it comes to the loi squads but the test more settled so thoughts on the south mm-hmm. africa loi squads oh the south africa squad the the, the limited overs the approach is so exciting um mm. and and you know they'd be desperately disappointed they didn't get to the final of that world cup we saw what they were capable of doing in that tournament and um you know if they get on the field in these T20s one day as they 
Look, if India are a test, I think India are the favourites with their experience. Uh, uh, but, but you know, even with South Africa at the moment, they've got a few inexperienced bowling options there. Mm-hmm. But, all, but all in all, there's a lot of excitement there and, and wonderful spin hitters in their middle order. Uh, there's a lot of teams around the world who would uh, kill to have that Proteus middle order there in white ball cricket. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll, they'll throw caution to the win in this series and really have a, strong, a, a real strong go. Right. So, in the shortest format, you see, you know, Brejka, Tristan Stubbs. I'm yeah. looking forward to see what Brejka can do at the top level. Tristan Stubbs really not come out and, you know, killed an opposition once. They say he's as good as ABD Villiers and so on. And then you have Donovan Ferreira, a very, very exciting talent we hear. He is. As somebody like Nandre Berger, whose name has been thrown around for a while, but never really came up to the plate at the top level, never got a chance. So, he's here. You have Watneil Bartman, whom they can hope can be the new Philander, right? You always have mm-hmm. people like Keshav Maharaj, Tabresh Shamsi in the mix, Gerald Koche, who's very yep. exciting, right? So, there are plenty to look forward to when it comes to the shorter squads. But when you see the ODI squad, right? So, there also you have some very interesting things. So, for me, it's this some sort of continuation where you have... Aidan Markram captaining, Riza Hendricks, Henrik Klaassen right there, Rasif Anderson and David Miller come back. But you have people mm. like Kyle Verena and Tony Dezorzi. Kyle Verena is the test keeper, but he's there. You have Nandre Berger, Vian Mulder and Andile Feluhuayo. But we have a new name here, Milali Mpongwana. I hope I got the name right. Um, I hear is a very, very exciting prospect because he can bowl really fast and he can actually bat pretty yeah. well as well. So anybody, either of you have some more knowledge about these players? The, the key for South Africa going into this series and, and the future ODI series is, is I think finding the right ballers has never been a big problem for South Africa. I think their biggest problem going forward in, in, in the next 12 months or so is going to be finding someone who can fill Quinton de Kock's shoes. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. The, the biggest the, the the gap that he has left in the top order is massive, and the way that he went along in that World Cup, I think someone needs to step step up and and just take the take the reins from him and just carry it forward in the same in the same way. And, and as you said, Ajit, I think um, the longer format looks a bit more settled, and and even in even the one day looks settled, like they have the template of how to play the ODI game. Mm-hmm. Um, they just need. Now, once that you know, um, Quinton de Kock's gone, I think they just need someone to fill that gap and and piece an innings together uh, and take take the take the innings through through the fifty overs. But you know, some of the players that have been selected for this um, series, I think you're right; they look exciting. Um, you know, as the as we see, Maharaj is always there, Shamsi is always there, and and a couple of new ones in in Mpangwa, uh, Mpangwana. Um, and and uh, uh, Bartman as well. So they are exciting. Um, I haven't seen much of them, but really looking forward mm. to see what they can do. And hopefully they might get a IPL contract as well if they do well. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that's there. And uh, you're saying something, Shaka? Uh yes, I was saying that all rounder. Um, who bowls quick? He's got some good numbers. So really mm. looking forward to seeing him in Pongwa, exactly. in Pongwana. So. Yeah, he's got good numbers, and yeah, I think th- these kinds of series, you know, is a good opportunity for both these teams to uh, test some of that bench strength that you've got. It, there's no better time than now to really give them that experience. Absolutely, and when it comes to tests, you have some more uh, names. So Temba Bowuma comes back, 
Tristan Stubbs and uh, Kyle Verena will be the keepers. Keegan Peterson, who's been on and off, he's he's in there. Uh, one new name that I like to see, David Beddingham, apparently is a very, very, very good batter. He sort of um, topped the charts or been there or thereabouts for the last two to three years in the uh, first-class competition we hear. Again, you have Andre Berger. Marco Janssen come, comes into the mix, of course, for tests, right? So he's a really special talent. Vian Mulder has been there or thereabouts, but maybe he needs. it's time he needs to step up, become the all-rounder they're looking for. I mean, you'll never replace like some Kalis or somebody, but you, you can try. You can see if this guy can be that. Solid, solid options when it comes to bowling as well. So uh, this, this side will be able to give India a proper fight. No doubts. You have Dean Elgar, the old uh, warhorse there as well. Thoughts, guys? What will be the results in the test in the ODI series then? I'm going 1-1 one, one mm. for the tests. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I think the same. I just think South Africa have got that one game in them. Rather, India, that one game in them, possibly. <laughs> I think why, why I say 1-1, one, one, I think I, I, I do need to justify quickly. And, and mm. you know, Ajit, as an, as an Indian fan who has mm-hmm. seen a lot of cricket throughout the 90s and, and <laughs> early 2000s i think you can you can empathize with me that up for, for some reason I, I i never thought i'll sit here and say that i'm more confident in the indian bowling than the batting but i am ah. <laughs> <laughs> um mm-hmm. and and that's how i've been feeling for the last three four years and and this bowling lineup has given us so many memories in the last sort of six years you know with with the shan sharma as well mm-hmm. um and I, I do feel more confident about this bowling. You know, we have the entire entire bowling unit there with, with Ashwin, who might be playing his last South Africa tour as well. Um, Jadeja, Shami, Siraj, Bumra. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for them to see, you know, to see them in South Africa again. But I think it's the ball, batting that doesn't give me that confidence. Um, if someone steps up and plays the long innings and and takes the score past 400 450 i think i think india will be into the game right yeah i mean that's going to be the key i think uh usually in south africa you see fast scoring as well along with uh, maybe you get to 400 plus you have a really good chance batting first let's see if they can do that so moving on now if you were to have a quick chat about the India versus Australia women's T20I series. Uh, you guys had a chance to catch up with this? You mean India versus England? Oh, sorry. England. My bad. I was looking at an yep. article from Australia. So, Australia came out of the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Yes, India versus England, T20I series. Yes, we did. I, I did manage to catch some of it. Um, again, yeah. with us being in Australia, the timings are not always suitable for for the for the, for anything really cricket football anything no, um, no good <laughs> okay. but I think with with um, this again was a really good chance for the Indian team to sort of show what they've got um, piece some consistent performances together but um, the same old story to be honest um, yeah. And 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 the first game itself, they leaked so many runs in the first game with 197. I think that put them on the on the on the back foot straight away. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we I think that the key difference between India and England was the bowling unit because um, England had I think three bowlers who were below. Um, bowled below the economy of like 6.5 three i think three or four but india had like one or two i think 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And and that that always proves the key in a in a T Twenty series when when you, when your bowlers go for runs. Obviously, I'm stating the obvious, but um, I think no one really stepped up except Renuka Singh, who took seven wickets with like an economy of six point three, I think. But yeah, that 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 has always been the story for the Indian women's team. Ah, that's a good catch, actually. Renuka Singh was restating her credentials, coming back to the squad. So I think she did that very well. Mm. What India would be really disappointed is with their batting. I mean, Agree. first of all, going so bad in the first ODI, well, can happen. First 20, you have to come back. But then getting 80 all out in the second one, I don't know if the pitch was as treacherous as it was made out to be. With uh, one team making 80, the other one struggling to get to that one as well, the target. It was the same Wankhede Stadium where they played. And I'm assuming adjacent pitches. I don't think the second pitch could have behaved like a you know, 50 of a test match or whatever. But that left a lot to be desired. They, the series was lost at that point in time. Then they got a consolation win with the likes of you know the new people. Uh, the new people they have in their squad contributing, Titus Sadhu, Shayanka Patil. So again, I think the big wigs in the batting order, Shafali Verma failed. Jemmy Rodriguez, not so much. Smriti Mandiana, one good innings. But then Deepthi Sharma, Harman Pritkar, the more experienced, Richa Ghosh, up to a point. They needed to step up. And that was the real, real, you know, disappointment for me if you're uh, looking yeah. at it from an Indian perspective. But, um, I mean, going forward, thoughts about the first test, Sharbel? The Great only to test, see test, test cricket for the women. Uh, it's really interesting. It's like... India, it's the way they play spin. It's going to be, um, you know, what their fortunes will be like in the near future. Um, you know, the spinners for England were very hard to get away. Eccleston took wickets. She only went for six and over. Uh, Charlie Dean, very good. Uh, Sarah Glenn, very good. So just how they play spin in this test match is going to be absolutely vital. Um, you want to be proactive, but you also want to play with control as well. It's going to be difficult for India, I think, though, um, in the sense that England have more experience, I think, in, in the test format. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play a little bit more of it. Um, you know, they, they were excellent against Australia last year. That was a brilliant test match. Uh, but what they do have in their favour is they've got the home conditions. Um, so whether their bowlers um, can, can cause the England players a few problems will be fascinating to see. Uh, it, it's interesting, you know. If this, you know, this game is, is between you know, the experienced England very capable England, but India are at home and they might mm. cause them a few issues in, in home conditions. But that being said, England got the the spinners to cause India problems. So it, could, it really promises to be a really interesting game. Nash? Yeah, I think I think Shabel is bang on. Um the the one of the I think I I'm safe here if I say the best spinner um in the women's game, Sophie Eccleston. Um of course. Yep. Yeah. So good. Um I think I think it'll be really key how India play her. Um, mm. If if they get some runs, if they, and they don't even have to get, you know, score at a good sort of, you know, I'm saying eight runs and over or anything, but if they get, sort of get her overs through, um, I think, I think India will be, will be on a, on a, on a sort of a good pedestal there. Um, mm. All, all they have to do is then, you know, sort of chip away at, at, at the ball um of the of the other bowlers i think um and uh two key batters obviously had a night and tammy bowman for for england um they will yeah. prove to be the key with um as as Shabel again rightly put the the experienced england outfit but mm. again india playing at home at dy patil in mumbai um it would be really interesting to see how the pitch plays there um 
I don't think mm. there's. I can't remember. There hasn't been a test match played there yet. Um, mm. Yes, a lot of domestic games, but I don't think there's a there's been a test match there um, at yeah. at an international level. So I think really will be really key to see how how they go. You are you're both sort of sounding the right way as well. I I go the same way that India will start the underdogs. Um, this England team yeah. will be the favourites because of what they are capable of and how they have performed recently when they played against Australia. Australia really set the standard when it comes to women's cricket right now. And uh, England competed and even drew the Ashes series. That's quite an achievement coming back from where they were. So oh, yeah. this England team will be the favourites and they have enough firepower in every department, right? So um, yeah. Indian team will, I expect, struggle a little. But as you said, Playing at home, maybe they can punch above their weight. Maybe even get away with a draw, if not, you know, surprise England. So that remains to be seen. It will really be very crucial, the toss, I think, as well. So I'm looking forward to a keen contest, just as a fan, right? So that's the main thing for me. Yep. All right. Moving on. Uh, let's have a quick gander on this uh, Zimbabwe-Ireland T20 series. Mm-hmm. So uh, you guys followed it? I followed it, yeah. Um I wish Zimbabwe would have been in the T20 World Cup, but that being said, congratulations yeah, to Uganda. Yeah, both were missing in action, both teams. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think for Ireland, they'd be really pleased to come back um, from the heartbreak in that first game and to have Harry Tekta perform in uh, in T20 cricket. He's typically been very good in, in one-day cricket. but hasn't quite nailed the T20 format. So for him to be in the runs is very pleasing for him and his team and, and George Dockrell as well. Mm. Growing up, when I was in school, he was a left-arm spin bowler. That was his uh, main trade. Now he's uh, smashing them down the order. Uh, mm-hmm. Great to see him still doing well. Fair enough. Nash? Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest um, biggest difference in the first and the last two uh, T20 games was Sikandar Raza. Um, him not being there in the last two and yeah. Zimbabwe well, losing their key player who has pretty much performed in every game um, right. that I've followed for Zimbabwe uh, all throughout 2023 and 2022 um, for the last few years, actually. I think not him. He obviously got suspended for with the demerit points. Um, mm. And and him not being there, I think, really hurt Zimbabwe there in the last two ODIs. And as as Shabel rightly pointed out, Harry Tector coming up with I think 120 runs something um, at a, at a good average and a and a 120 strike rate, which was which was really good for Ireland as well. So um, yeah, George Dockrell, I I, I remember him uh, getting Tendulkar out in 2011 World Cup as a left-hander, um, left-arm mm. bowler. Um, yep, and he's turned into this. Yeah. Um which which is really interesting, but I think he has put in some good performances over the last couple of years as well. You hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, they missed Raza, who it was an unnecessary altercation running a single, it was weird, but well. Um I only saw it after the fact and well, I think the unfortunately the punishment was just. So now it looks like that meant uh, Zimbabwe suffered. They punched well. They punched well above their weight as well. They kept fighting. They made higher scores in the remaining two games as well. But Ireland was simply too strong. And as you said, this Irish team has enough experience. People like Tektar, right? Sterling there, the captain. Balbirni somehow a little bit off the heat, but you expect he'll come back. And uh, was nice to see, you know, they did well in the chasing situation. 
and they won the game yep. twice right so tough sort of chases but they got there so they have to be given credit there and their bowlers at least in the third one they kept zimbabwe down a little bit and those additional 20 30 runs that would have mattered so really raza could have made the difference for zimbabwe but zimbabwe will again be very disappointed because all of these are counting because uh, these count to the next uh, cycle when you have to go mm. to t20a world cup qualification cycle so these yeah. are very crucial for both teams i think zimbabwe dropped a chance there to pick up some mm. crucial points as well definitely all Absolutely. right now onwards to the australia pakistan tour or the pakistan tour of australia i must say so some interesting things australia sort of pull, pulling many of their big wigs out of the limelight letting you know people like head and then uh, wait take over the leadership when it comes to india tour the t20a but then mm-hmm. all of them now back at home settled smith batting long smith uh, and uh, people like cummins <laughs> and stark bowling long setting things up excited for a big australian summer yeah definitely uh, i just want to say our batsmen back in the big runs in test cricket mm-hmm. it was a very anxious <laughs> ashes series uh so I, i think what i want to say in this uh, summer is a real dominant australia performance that's what i'm expecting i know it sounds arrogant uh in a way but but uh, look that is the expectation pakistan right. uh despite the 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 quality that they have throughout their squad with the likes of babar azam and co they haven't won a test match here since 1995 and australia have won three of the last four test matches by an innings Right. So we've got the settled side we're at home and uh, we should perform well. So we need to start well in that Perth test and be ruthless. It's safe to say that since you have the home track or flat track bullying David Warner I think it'll be good for Australia. Perfect <laughs> <laughs> um, shot. <laughs> yeah, but uh, look, I think I've I've got my I've got my tickets booked for the Boxing Day. I'll be Perfect. there supporting mm. supporting Australia. Um it's going yeah. to be really good. and as he, as you said ajit i think you know steve smith is ready to bat long <laughs> he he will bat the entire summer if given a chance um same with marnus <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see who you know who plays between marsh and cameron green um right i think it's going I to be really be interesting marsh. to see what uh george mm. bailey goes with but i think we can take shabell's opinion here as an australian fan what do you think I think Marsh will play even though I I do rate Green more. Uh he'll get his time. He's still very young, but Marsh I think for now will play. Mm-hmm. And uh funny stat, I mean Manus Labushain in in two matches at this up the stadium in Perth where the first test is going to be played. He's hit 501 runs in two tests. Wow. 300s and a 50 in the four innings. <laughs> so he loves batting at that ground that uh I think for Pakistan the key is can they build enough pressure especially when the ball gets older because they're going to bank a lot on Shaheen up top with the swing right but then once once the ball gets older are they going to penetrate enough uh to get the wickets that's going to be the big question and now abra ahmed the uh mystery spinner is out for the first test at least that hurts Correct. them a little bit because given the conditions in this game it's very dry so it's it's quite hot around 30 degrees all the days but there's also quite a bit of uh, wind forecast for that that'll dry things up a little bit more so that might bring the spinners into the game i wouldn't count nathan lyon out of having a good game as well and he's only four away from 500 wickets so right. um you know i think the the, the ball might uh, take a bit of spin later in the game in dry conditions nathan lyon also has a very good record on this ground so yeah look australia look very settled with 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 players right down the order who've performed well at home 
I think there should be too strong. Absolutely. Look, um, Australia, I expect, will be very, very heavy on Pakistan. But they also have mm. a couple of interesting questions. Lance Morris might get a debut, we are seeing. Right? Maybe later uh, in the might, series. Yeah. Right? And then they also have a couple of questions to answer in terms of who might open. Warner is planning to call time. At least he's been orchestrating to call time at the end of the series. So, yep. Uzi Khwaja might play a year or so more. But look, shortly, both of these will be gone. So, I wanted to know your thoughts from inside the system or from inside Australia as a fan. What do mm. you think? Who should be replacing these two when their time comes? Head has said he'll not play. Yeah, I wouldn't put Travis Head there, that's for sure. Uh, immediately, look, for me, Bancroft is the most deserving, Cameron Bancroft. Mm. He's, he's, he's plundered runs in Sheffield Shield cricket the last uh, year and a half. He's averaging close to 60 since the start of last season. He deserves the shot. Uh, but the big question for me around Bancroft is, does he have the technique to succeed at test level? Uh, because he does square up a little bit. Mm. Um, and, and the bat can come from second slip through to mid-on. And when you're doing that, you get yourself into trouble. You can nick off quite a bit. It just but that being on. said, he, yeah, yeah and, 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 and that being said, Australia have a tour of New Zealand uh, after this summer in March. Right. Right. So you expect to get tested there, particularly early in the game against seam movement. Um, so I think Bancroft deserves the chance. There is talk in, in Australia about Cameron Green opening, but I think it's probably a bit early for that. I think it could be an opener one day. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, I think he's still figuring out his game at test at test level. Uh, probably too early for him. And then I'd really love to see Matt Renshaw down the line. Um, exactly. I, I think I think ask personally, you about Renshaw, maybe. I think Renshaw, for me, has got the highest ceiling you know, when you think of potential out of he, Harris and Bancroft, he has the, the highest ceiling. I think he's got the highest potential out of the three. Um, technically, very sound. Uh, he's got a very good reach with his height. Made a very, very good uh, start to his test career all those years ago. Yeah, at 27 years of age, heading into his peak, I think. Right. You know, he's got to take this uh, opportunity with both hands. Maybe not straight away. He's not going to get the chance. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't see him uh, far away from a test recall. Good to hear. How about Pukowski? That was a name yes. that was in the running a couple yeah. of years back, but no more. Look, I think he's had issues with he's had issues with concussion, Ajit. So he's had about uh, ah. he's about in his he's in his mid twenties. I think he's had about eight to ten concussions. Oh dear! And uh, he's had a few uh, breaks for mental health reasons as well. So for him, I, I'd say personally, it's just far too early. I don't know, Nash, what you think? Yeah, yeah. I think I was just going to bring up his name, but I think um, there is, from the looks of it, Australia, like the team management and the board do seem to have a plan on bringing him back. Um, mm. You know, they, they just want him to play club cricket at the moment, play some first-class yeah. cricket, get some runs, get some good, you know, uh, experience under his belt. He played county championship last year as well. He, he did He did quite okay. And I think he is certainly the one to look out for in a, in a couple of years' time. And I think I, I'm a big Fingers fan of crossed. his. Um, you know, he's yep. got that classic Australian um, style to him. Um, mm -hmm. And he certainly w is the one to look out for. But I think with the opening slot, it has to be Bancroft. I think if, if, if Australia doesn't go with Bancroft, it's, really, it's going to be really harsh. Um, it, it just sends out the wrong message. I think even this year he's scored like 500 runs already. I think, um, 
he's just performed and performed over the last three years. Um, he, I think, he mm. deserves he deserves the position back. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah, I guess Cam Bancroft will be one of the people. I'm curious, maybe Matt Renshaw might be starting. You're right. Uh, before I move on to another topic, I just wanted to know anything if you guys know about Lance Morris. He's called the Wild Thing. That's not a sobriquet that's easily given in the Australian circles. I understand. How good is this guy, or how scary is this guy? He's quick. He's quick, and I think even better that is he's really developed uh, more consistency over the last year or two. Uh, he was given that nickname of the Wild Thing. Uh, you know, it was like Sean Tate. You didn't know where the ball was going in a way, but, but Lance <laughs> Morris is really coming. Uh, He's really become a consistent bowler, and uh, hopefully, you'll get his chance this summer in a Test match, either this Pakistan series or the West Indies series. It'd be good to see him uh, get that experience. I yeah. think I have I think... a feeling he might start actually in the first Test path. So uh, I think I think what I've, been, what I've been reading is they're going to go with a pretty settled lineup. I don't think he'll play in Perth. Mm-hmm. Perth. That's what I've been reading. So we'll see. All right. But but he is fast. I, I can tell you that I had the privilege of watching him live. Um, oh wow! When he when he came down to Tassie and he is quick, like he's one fifty kmph quick. So mm. yeah. And and as Shabel rightly pointed out, when he when he burst onto the scene, he was just here and there everywhere. Um, <laughs> but in the last sort of year or so, he's been more consistent. He's you know, um, put in the hard yards. He's taken the wickets, and and that's all that matters. Um, ultimately, if you, if you're getting selected, and if if you have to perform at the international level, I think he has the he has the fight in him um, to do it at the international level. Um, and yeah, he's going to trouble some good batters over uh, over the next few years. Pakistan batsman, at least Babar Azam, at least Lan came out and said he's looking forward to that battle. Shan Masood, the new captain, they have some solid mass in the top order, but. We have, they also have a couple of new guys. Saim Ayub is new, right? Mm. And then Saudchaki is looking to establish himself. Will it be really tough for their batsmen? We spoke that their bowlers might not have that much penetrative power, but will their batsmen do well? Will you see a couple of hundreds from the likes of Babar Azam or even Sarfraz or somebody? Captain Chan? They'll have to produce that if they want to be competitive. Um, mm. Babar Azam's done well here previously. He has to lead the way. Shan Masood technically pretty good uh it, it's just how how well they play the short ball um and how well they can leave the ball i think in these conditions and test the australians patience and then yeah you want to set a platform for your middle order you don't want to be two three down for not many that's going to be a problem so yeah how will they leave the ball pakistan and how will they can uh, play with that sense of patience and make the australians work that's going to be key all right before we move on from pakistan cricket uh Asad Shafiq, one of the middle-order mainstays who has the most hundreds by anyone batting at number six or lower. Um, he's retired. He's called time on his career. So, any fond memories of this guy, guys? I think uh, his best year would be 2015-2016, that, mm. that era mm. when mm. Pakistan managed to get to, I think, number one spot, uh, if I'm correct. Um, correct. You know, his... He's played seventy-seven tests, so he's he's played a, quite a lot and um, averaged around thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine. That that sort of numbers, but yeah, he he and, and he, as you rightly pointed out, he's he's in that classic subcontinental Asian mold, batter, good technique, um, have highest you know hundreds, most number of hundreds at number six, um, but. 
I think he's going into the selector role, if I'm correct. And and At this least is that's the new... what's foreshadowed. Exactly. Yeah. This is the new Pakistan that we are that they are portraying. I don't know what's the what the future holds. Um, you know, with with someone like Salman Butt coming and retiring and sorry, resigning in in two days, but it's 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 certainly going to be really interesting in the next month or mm. so to see how this tour goes for Pakistan and what happens on the administration side of things. Yeah, there'll always be a few intangibles. There'll be some excitement going on, but I'm really hoping this uh, newly selected squad can also you know uh, hold itself up. Playing Australia in Australia is always tough, right? So hope they can do that, back their management's uh, belief in this set of players and so on. So something to look forward to. And when it comes to Asad Shafiq, well, I remember a couple of good innings of his around 15, 16, when he was still playing with Misbah's team. I think he rescued them once uh, and then set up the game for uh, victory in a third innings once. 200s that I specifically remember playing in UAE. And I thought it was a little bit of an unfulfilled career going towards the end. Right, so mm. I thought he could have actually gone on to play a hundred tests, maybe um, averaged about forty for sure. So there, I thought he it was a little bit of an unfulfilled career, but he played many a very very useful innings, kept Pakistan going in the middle order along with Sarfraz sometimes, right, sometimes with the bowlers. So that way, you think he's a very crucial. He was a crucial cog in that uh, in that squad, and mm. so yeah. I think Pakistan Pakistan would use something somebody like him very very. Uh, you know, very, very well when it comes to their tour of Australia. So, uh, well, mm. at least for him, as you say, some some things are charted out. Um, so, we wish him all the best going further as well with his endeavours, whatever they may be. Now, moving to some of the news off the field, this 62nd time trial thing, they're trying to, mm. you know, they're going to try it in the T20Is, West Indies, England. How do you see this, uh, this thing really panning out, guys? Yeah, I like it. I mean, I... Sometimes I'm watching a game or I'm doing something while I'm watching the game. I'm thinking, they haven't bowled yet? Like, mm. what's the hold-up? You know, how many times... Uh, it's incredible how many times I think that. And how many times I'm like, why aren't they bowling? Get on with it, you know? So oh, I'm a fan of it and I hope it works in uh, speeding up the game. Fair enough. No question. Yeah. Nash? Yeah, definitely. I think... Um, I know they are trying in international games and especially, as I said, with the timings, it, the, the, the timing especially games that are played in the subcontinent or places like South Africa or England, I think the time the game starts, it's time for us to sleep. And the time the game finishes, it's time for us to go to work. And it's just not, um, you know, not feasible to watch the entire game. But I think they, they do need to speed that up. And I think they they will bring it in the IPL as well, especially IPL games going like four and a half hours, five hours almost. Um, even T20 internationals, I think it, it was Pakistan, England, if I'm correct, last year, T20 internationals that went mm-hmm. on forever. Um, <laughs> well, there are IPL games that go on for four and a half hours, but all right. Yeah, go on. And I think, I think it's, 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 it's the need of the hour. I think cricket does need to move on with, with, um, with the time and they need to speed up the games. Otherwise it just takes forever. Indeed. So when you look at the playing conditions, there are some very interesting things that I like. 60 seconds is the time you need to be ready to bowl the next ball, next the first ball of the next over. Right? That's great to see. Um, yep. Also, if batsmen are wasting time and if they're batting first, some of the time from their uh, available time in the next innings will be cut off. So you can't yep. just simply lose time. right? And if the bowling team will get two warnings, if they don't do it, uh, if they again cross the 60-second mark trying to bowl the first ball of the new over, 
five runs will be added to the batting team so that's a very tangible thing what yeah. is not clear for me yet is what happens if the bat side batting second starts wasting time if it's just penalty or something because you tend to slow the game down right to know if uh, if it's mm. a tense situation your wickets lost your in a chase so how they are going to deal with that is something i'm looking yet i don't know about this first one and also maybe it'll just mean financial penalties but i'm just curious right so these are the things i'm really looking forward to um but nonetheless it's a very very welcome addition and there will be yeah. tweaks as we go along and it's only going to be trialed in the men's game we here to start off and i think that's the biggest culprit as well women's game is pretty much uh, kept moving all the time mm. so all right very very interesting initiative from the icc let's see if they can carry on and you know say take it to a point where uh, it will make the game faster it will keep the people involved i think at least when it comes to odis people they say they can go take a piss come back to make a tea and still come back the next hour would have not begun so we, yeah. these sort of situations would have probably been avoided yeah I, th- i think i'll just quickly point out that um something you mentioned about the financial penalties i think mm. um the why i like this addition with the stop clock um trial in the t20 internationals is i think with the uh with the way the modern cricketer earns money i think financial penalties are no longer uh, no one really cares about them anymore they'll just pay it and move on um, mm. especially with the boards as well uh, mm. they need to bring something really that affects the team while yeah. they play the game um, and, and and this you know addition of five runs and um, we saw the fielder uh, in the in the one day game as well the fielder comes in um at the last over in the last over if you waste exactly. too much time exactly. so mm. i think that that does affect the team so captains need to sort of speed the players up and and uh, this is this is perfect for that all right um one other story i had that i wanted to discuss is some key west indian players like jason holder puran and myers are reportedly turning down a west indies contract so you know we were discussing that um in the previous episodes that you know uh, more and more we might see the freelance cricketers um who might play as and when the finances permitting whichever is the most lucrative one so may go that that way is this the beginning of that or is it something more because these three players were also not in the squads for the you know the odis that west indies uh, played against england so you saw something was off maybe i thought people like uh, everybody will be chomping to go right because they've had a long break they've had the super 50 tournament locally but also a long break internationally so everybody will be keen to restate their credentials but apparently not so do you see this as a short term thing something longer term that we are um, witnessing maybe start off with you nash look i think and and this this topic has come up numerous times on on our podcast as well and you know i'm mm. a, i'm of the opinion that ultimately ultimately these cricketers what i personally believe is these cricketers are looking after themselves first and and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing yes it's a privilege to play for your country it's a privilege to you know don the national colors everyone dreams of it but in the end what we as fans forget is this is a job for them it is a short lived job for them um 15 years at best if you're an elite cricketer like virat kohli or rohit sharma if you play good cricket consistent cricket 15 years at best otherwise some end up 7 8 years um and with what t20 cricket has done is given them that longer leash um mm. of of career you know just on that money a, a 
for a bit more time, uh, maybe three years more, four years more. Um, and I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. And I think we, we saw that with Trent Bolt turning down the New Zealand contract as well. Um, mm-hmm. And we will see that more and more as we go along yep. with the franchisee, franchise cricket um, setup that's coming up. So I won't say I'm all for it, but I see where the cricketers are coming from. Of course. Hmm. But see, there's also something about building a brand as a, you know, a player who plays for a certain team, is good mm-hmm. at it. Maybe it's a national side, maybe it's a club side, we don't know, right? So in, in as much that all of these T20 franchises are, in theory, just club sides. So that's one thing. But also there is something about the glory of winning something as a part of a nation or part of yep. a national mm-hmm. team or a big... I think, are we seeing that sort of going backwards in as much that, you know... I remember when uh, uh, one of the skippers of Ireland, I forget his name now, suddenly got expelled from his national team. Manchester United sent him uh, a plane to pick him up. Uh, you know, I remember this not so long ago in a World Cup, football World Cup. So, uh, are we heading towards that, do you think, Charbel? And first of all, is that a good thing? What's that exactly? Uh, players uh, turning down contracts? Well, players turning down contracts, the club game becoming more bigger than the national game where... People actually yeah. has one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, players turning down contracts, it's not a surprise to me. Um, you know, when they say, you know, look, we could, you know, earn some real great money and have the freedom to, you know, pick and choose uh, what we want to play. And, um, yeah, I think it's, look, it's it's where the future of the game, I think, is heading, unfortunately, because I, I, I love the international game and I think more needs to be done to champion the international game. Uh, to have more of a streamlined calendar, if you can. I think it's all a bit all over the place at the moment. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, as as Nash said, I can't begrudge any player who wants to, you know, take care of himself or herself, and then look after his or her family, and um, you know, be you know, be well off financially. Because for these players, uh, you know, outside the big three in particular, um, those those lucrative deals in franchise cricket, a lot more than what they get playing for their country. It's it's just a cold hard fact. Uh, we'd like it to be the other way around, but it is what it is. Um, so the ICC has got to look at that. And in terms of how special it is to win things for your country, it always is. But one thing I will say about cricket is there seems to be a World Cup or a big white ball event happening every year. I don't know if that diminishes how special it is. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I think a T20 World Cup every two years is probably too often. And then you've got the ODI World Cup in there as well, Champions Trophy. Right. So how how special does it feel when it's happening so often? That's probably a question that needs to be asked as well. Relevant one, relevant point. Yeah, go on, Ash. Yeah, like like Shabel said, I think the the calendar is very. I don't know how to put it. Very. I've said that I feel tired sometimes when I look at the schedule. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I get confused what to follow, when to follow, and there, there's. To, and I sit here as a, as a as a passionate cricket fan, and in the last two years, I've I do have, I I have felt tired of watching the games. Um, so I sometimes now pick and choose, and you know this may not be the thing you you want to hear necessarily, but I I try to pick and choose what games I I watch, uh, but I try to follow all the games that are happening. So. Uh, whether it's whether it's on a on a on a cricket for app or whether it's live scoring, but I 
but the as as Shabel pointed out, the the ICC tournaments or the global tournaments happening each year have put sort of a, a, a have decreased the brand value of them. Um, and I think someone a few years ago proposed that the ODI cricket should be like an Olympic thing where you only played four years after four years, you know, in a World Cup. But I think it's going to be really interesting. I would say, as as someone you know, working in, 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 in sports management, in, in business side of things of sports. I think it's interesting 10 years, next 10 years for cricket. Um, mm. the, where, where the international cricket lives or I, I don't think it'll die ever, but how, it, it will live, but how it will live will depend on the T20 international, sorry, the T20 cricket that's happening because, you know, T20 is now in the Olympics as well. So there's another international global event added to the calendar in 2028. So there's 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 a lot happening. What I was leading towards is this potential potential uh, hero worship that used to be present, where you played for a national team and uh, you are a hero for a generation of people, people like mm. Sunil Gavaskar, you know, and so on. So even Tendulkar, of course. So, but when you look at that, I don't know if such heroes will be emerging from the ranks of cricketers in the next generations. This is what I am thinking. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, all right, it's what it is, right? So, thank you very much for your time, guys. So, before I let you go, would you like to plug some uh, some social media outlets that you guys would be available on? Sure. A little bit about your podcast. Sure. So, uh, yep, we're uh, the Crick Blog Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at Crick Blog Pod, and I think it's the same uh, handle on Instagram. You can catch us there. Uh, yeah, our podcast is an Australia fan, myself, up against India fan, Nash. Uh, I, I had a lot of joy during the recent World Cup, as Nash uh, would know. I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to remind, I'd like to remind Nash and our listeners just who the world champions are. Just every episode, just a reminder. Perfect. Also, the number one ranked test team, huh? and the sorry, the world uh, test championship holders. Yes. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, so yeah, uh, as I said, you can catch us on Crick Blog Podcast. Um, yeah, just Australia fan, India fan, discussing uh, all things cricket, particularly our two teams and uh, some banter in there as well. Nash, some uh, social yeah. media outlets potentially? Yeah, yeah. So you can um, you can follow me on Twitter at Nash Vsant. Um I try to tweet as much as possible. Um, and every now and then, um, me and Chabel, each week, Thursday, uh, our episode comes out of the Craig Blog podcast. Uh, we try to do some snippets on Instagram as well at Craig Blog mm. podcast on Instagram. Um, mm. We are doing more and more reels now. Um, the short form content, uh, uh, as it's getting more popular, we'll try to do more of that. And um, yeah, we'll always try and discuss cricket and try and give our thoughts, honest thoughts and sensi- hopefully sensible thoughts. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to a massive, massive summer of cricket here in Australia. All right. Thank you very much once again, both of you. And Thank uh, you. Yeah, I thank all our listeners for their continued patronage. I know some of these episodes we get in very deep. We discuss some issues at length. But uh, I'm very happy for those returning uh, listeners who keep company every episode. We wish all our listeners a good day, wherever they may be listening from. And the same for both our guests. Thanks, guys. And bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.
Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.